Well, hello there, fellow sojourners, and welcome back to another edition of Appropriate in the Culture. We've got a big day ahead and lots in store for you, but first, we want to acknowledge that the land where Appropriate in the Culture is filmed was traditionally occupied by the Yokuts, the Mano, the Tuba Tulabal, and other Tulare Indians since time immemorial, a people that are still here, continuing to honor and bring to light their ancient heritage. My name is Pastor Shane. I'm a white male with glasses and a beard. I go by he, him, and I'll be your senior programming manager today as we appropriate some culture. If you didn't quite get the cold open today, that's because you must have missed Microsoft's Ignite 2021 conference, which kicked off things this way. Hello and welcome to Microsoft Ignite. We've got a big day ahead and lots in store for you. First, we want to acknowledge that the land where the Microsoft campus is situated was traditionally occupied by the Sammamish, the Duwamish, the Snoqualmie, the Suquamish, the Muckleshoot, the Snohomish, the Tulalip, and other Coast Salish peoples since time immemorial. A people that are still here, continuing to honor and bring to light their ancient heritage. My name is Allison Wines. I'm a senior program manager in our developer tools division. I'm an Asian and white female with dark brown hair wearing a red sleeveless top. And I'm Seth Juarez, Program Manager in the AI Platform Group. I'm a tall Hispanic male wearing a blue shirt, khaki pants. Today we kick off two days of learning more about the latest solutions, exploring how these key innovations can empower you to do great things, and connecting with peers from around the world. And it continued. Hello, everyone. I'm Natalie Godilla. I'm a Caucasian woman with long blonde hair, and I go by she, her. I'm a product marketing lead here at Microsoft and co-host of the podcast Security Unlocked with this guy. Yes, that would be me. Hello, everyone. I'm Nick Fillingham. I'm a Caucasian man with glasses and a beard. I go by he, him, and I'm a security evangelist here at Microsoft. All of which led to the most cringeworthy tech conference since the launch of Windows 95. That's a look of regret right there. But at least Windows 95 was a good operating system worthy of bad dancing. But what was the instigation for this cringe fest? The product marketing manager from Microsoft explained it this way. The intent was to provide those who are visually impaired or blind with a mental image for the event. This is similar to how one might provide all text for images. I also provided my pronouns to create a safe space for others, guests included. As a queer person, this is very close to heart. While many might not make use of these practices, I want to encourage a positive, safe, and inclusive environment for all, not just many. All right, well, that, that can make sense. After all, what's wrong with helping the visually impaired feel more connected? Isn't this a Christian ideal? Looking after the overlooked and the downtrodden, practicing radical hospitality, showing love and care for the impaired? Shouldn't Christians be about that? And what is the proper Christian response when it comes to preferred pronouns? Uh, people might certainly be offended or hurt or put off if you use their biologically correct pronouns. 
So should we use their preferred pronouns to be kind and nice and hospitable and show that we care for them? After all, don't we say things like, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care? Should we use preferred pronouns in order to reach people with the gospel? The answer is simple. It's yes, no, yes, yes, no, yes, no, no, yes, no. You might want to write that down. Okay, so the guiding principle is straightforward, which is love your neighbor as yourself. But how that's applied is not always straightforward. Intention matters, which is one of the reasons why this Microsoft conference was rightfully mocked. A big problem with wokeism is that it's more about virtue signaling than it is loving. And Jesus speaks out against virtue signaling. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. Case in point, they start off acknowledging that they're on stolen Indian land. Okay, so are you going to get the land back? Or No. 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 All right, so what's the good in that? You know, James says this, If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? Virtue signaling might make you feel good, but it has nothing to do with loving your neighbor. Virtue signaling is self-congratulatory and all about your personal piety and not at all concerned about the good of others, which is what loving your neighbor is centered on. Being loving is seeking their good. But what is or isn't for someone's good, it's not a one-size-fits-all prescriptive. Sometimes it's loving to be compassionate and forgiving and hospitable, but other times that's just enabling. In which case, that compassion and hospitality is far from loving because it's not for their good. That's the entire notion behind tough love. And we see throughout the scriptures, particularly with the Israelites, God's love for them by seeking their good in different ways. Sometimes he's merciful and compassionate. Oftentimes he disciplines and chastises. Uh, check out this from Amos. I gave you empty stomachs in every city and lack of bread in every town. Yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. I also withheld rain from you when the harvest was still three months away. I sent rain on one town, but withheld it from another. One field had rain, another had none, and dried up. People staggered from town to town for water, but did not get enough to drink. Yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. God is punishing them because that's the best chance they have to repent. Tough love for their good. But this is also good to notice that the loving and good thing doesn't necessarily produce the desired result. They don't return to God. And that's important for us to see because the right, loving, and good thing for our neighbor is not measured in its efficacy. But to answer the question, should Christians use people's preferred pronouns, the answer is yes, no. The loving response is in service to their good, which can depend. Now, in general, it is not loving to lie to people or to entertain falsehoods and delusions. For as much as our culture is attempting to be affirming, it doesn't seem to be having good effect. A 2009 study of post-surgery transgenders found that 90% of the patients were suffering from a mental illness that the gender surgery did not alleviate. A 2003 Dutch survey found that 61% of the patients treated for cross-gender identification had other psychiatric disorders. A 2013 
Maine University of Louisville study found that transgender individuals had rates of depression and anxiety symptoms that far surpassed the rates of those for the general population. 20% of those who had sex reassignment surgery regret it. 41% attempt suicide. There's some serious issues in the transgender community, and we do want to be loving and compassionate. But if our empathy is not guiding them toward truth, then it's not really good for them. And so it's not loving. Entertaining the falsehood, acquiescing to the delusion in our public policy is under the guise of compassion, but it's affirming without correcting, right? It's not a therapeutic empathy. A therapist might work to get on the side of their patient, show their empathy, be on the same team, create a bond, so that the patient will listen when there's correction or challenges or hard things to hear. It's affirming in order to correct. And that's true for Christians too. There's a time and purpose for engaging where they are, for affirming and coming alongside in order to guide them back to the right path. And God does this too. Uh, Jesus speaks out against divorce, and then it says this in Matthew. Why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. But it was not this way from the beginning. God engaged with these hard-hearted people and guides them to the right path. But it wasn't all at once. Divorce? Not an ideal. Improper pronouns? Not ideal. But are we meeting them where they are in order to lead them to the right path? Is it for their good? Appropriate in the Culture is brought to us today by Windows 95. Mostly just because I want to play this again. Now, on a pragmatic level, I think it's possible to be loving and compassionate without perpetuating falsehoods. On a societal level, on a public policy level, I don't think we should be acquiescing to the sensibilities of the transgender movement because I don't think it's in service to anyone's good. It's affirming without being corrective. It's morally enabling, which harms societies and harms individuals. But on a personal level, you can be loving and compassionate also without engaging in the delusion. Practically speaking, you don't use somebody's pronouns when they're in the same room with you. So there's not much cause to deliver deliberately offend. And names are a slightly different thing, right? Sex is immutable, but names are not. Uh, you might have a problem calling Bruce Jenner Caitlyn Jenner, uh, but we don't have much of a problem calling Snoop Dogg Snoop Dogg, even though that is not the name on his birth certificate and he is not, in fact, a dog. I mean, heck, the artist formerly known as Prince at one point was solely referred to by an impronounceable symbol. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to use their preferred names either. But as Christians, we do need to be focused on loving our neighbor, wanting the best for them, and doing our best in service to their good. Well, that's it for today. As always, like, subscribe, rate, share, review. Stalk me on social media. If you have any questions or comments, send those in to me. Just be sure to describe yourself visually for the sight impaired and let me know what Indian land you're occupying. And I'll see you next week for more Appropriate in the Culture. Mm -hmm.